So Matthew chapter 28, if you would turn there with me. I, most of you probably heard me. But today, we're just calling, we're calling today go. As you can see up here on the screen, it's, just, it's, it's a road. You can go either way. You go to the left, you go to the right. When Jesus talks about how much he loves us, when Jesus talks about going out, he went as far as the left was to the right, from the east to the west, didn't he? When you consider how Jesus moved that way, you realize that that's an, there's an infinite to that. If I continue to go left, I can always go left. If I travel to the left, if I fly to the left, if I, if I go and I serve and I take the good news to the left, I can keep going and going and going and going and going. Guess what? I'll never reach the right, will I? Same way. If I go to the right, I'll never reach the left because I'm always going in that direction. Eventually, I'm going to make a giant loop and I'm just still going. It becomes this infinite loop, which is the reason that he says he loves you as much as the east is to the west. Because that's an infinite distance. You can't, you might run into a roadblock, don't get me wrong. You might run into a cul-de-sac, right? We're not talking about that. We're talking about the way that Jesus moves. And Jesus doesn't get stopped by things, does he? His, his work, his power makes it so that he can go and he can move any obstacle. He can do anything. He can accomplish anything. And so as we go out today, we want to go out with that same knowledge and that same power. Believing by faith that we can do anything with Jesus. Amen? Do we believe that as a church? That we can do anything with Jesus? That was terrible. <laughs> Sierra's back with her heck yeah. Can we do anything with Jesus? We can. And we will. And guess what? If it's, if it's with Jesus at the forefront of it, it's going to be good. It's going to be right. It's going to be holy. Because He's the one who's leading it. Right? And, and so as we go, we want to make sure that we're, we're moving in the path that He's setting forth. It's the reason that that when we were praying earlier, I said, Holy Spirit, go ahead and prepare the way. Go ahead and make it so that as we go from this place, that you are already preparing, knocking on doors, ringing doorbells, and opening people's hearts up to the idea of conversation, of receiving the good news, of accepting a Bible into your home. You never know anybody that we give a Bible to today. It may be the first Bible that they've ever had. It could be the Bible that they open up, that they begin to read and say, wow, this Jesus is amazing. And it could just be the contact that they needed for them to accept a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you believe that that could happen today? Because it can. <laughs> it can. And to be honest, I'm living proof of that. Sure, I didn't answer the door that day. I stood you people up. Right? I looked through the window like a little creep. <laughs> just, might as well be real about it. But that... <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <clears throat> I think he said I'm still a creep, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
But the thing is, is that you guys showed up at my doorstep and you prayed for me. And it took a while. I'm hard-headed. But I came to know Jesus Christ. And I believe firmly and solely because somebody came and said, can I pray with you, with my wife? And she said, yes, please. My husband needs salvation. That was the start. That was the absolute start of this journey for me. I 100% believe that. And, and, and it all falls down into a place, a situation, just like we're going to read about in Matthew 28. That's what Jesus points us to. He says, this is what we're supposed to do. This is how we're supposed to be. This is what, this is what it's all about. It's going to be all about telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ. So, as I'm flipping there, I told you all flip there, I hadn't yet. We're going to be looking there at the end. We're going to be looking at this idea of the Great Commission. And specifically, we're going to be talking about, um, I don't know what I put on your all's bulletin, so ignore whatever verses I put on there, because we're going to start at verse 16. (laughs) That's where we're going to start from, and we're going to go through the end of chapter 28. It's a huge, long section. No, it's only this big. It says, starting there at verse 16, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee. Why was there eleven? Because Judas betrayed Jesus, right? Judas betrayed Jesus. He hung himself on a tree. But it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and he said to them, What? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Understand and hear that one more time. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says then in verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. That idea, that, that, that the words that are there where he says, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. He says, go, go therefore. Do you, do you get a sense that he's talking to you? You should, because he is. He's not just talking to me. I, I'm, it's true, I'm the pastor. But he's not just talking to me. He's talking to his disciples. Go, therefore, and make more disciples. We're not supposed to just get the good news and then sit on it. We're not supposed to just receive it, soak it all in, and say, oh, this is fantastic. We're supposed to take that, and we're supposed to share it with the rest of the world. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of who? All the nations. He doesn't want us to simply land here. This is where we're going to start. He wants us to go everywhere. He says all nations, baptizing them, which means that you've brought the good news to them. You have shared Jesus Christ to them. They have heard the good news. They have accepted the good news. And now they are going to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Do we think that that work can be done? Do we think the Holy Spirit is alive and well enough to continue to go and and set forth 
this type of thing in motion today? 100% yes. He is, and he does. There are churches all around us who are growing. Growing. You know why? Because they are talking and they are reaching out into their communities. That's what we're supposed to do. Right here proves it. Jesus, this is a command. This isn't just Greg Knapper standing here and saying, church, this is what I want you to do. I want to work you to death, and I want you to go walk around neighborhoods, and we're going to do it, and we're going to wear your shoes out, and blah, blah, blah. No, this has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with obedience. To who? Jesus. You're not following me. You're following him. If you're following me, you're going for the wrong reason. Don't follow me. Follow Jesus. Jesus Christ said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. It means talk, share, spread the good news. That's what it means. It's not got anything to do with me. It doesn't have anything to do with any of you. It has to do with our obedience. Whether or not we are going to follow Christ and what He has commanded us. Romans chapter 1, you don't have to flip if you want to, you can. But Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, which is the Gentiles. That's all of us, by the way. Nobody in here is a Jew. Not that I'm aware of, anyway. Understand it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Who in here is willing to admit ashamed of the gospel? Thank you, just so you know. I appreciate that. It says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is what? It is the power of God. This is the power of God for salvation. To everybody who believes, this, God's holy word, you can't get any better. You'll never read a better book. You'll never hear wiser words. You will never, ever have anything that will comfort you. You will never have anything that will help you or heal you or provide you with your ever absolute need than God's word. 100% God's word can do that for you. We can all try to do that for each other. We will fail. We're human. God's word will never fail you. And so therefore, we should not be ashamed to share the gospel. We shouldn't be ashamed to share something that can provide so much for so many people. We believe in the power of prayer. It's the reason that we do it. It's the reason we continue to lift people up. It's the reason that we continue to, 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 to praise God for the works that he's done, for him removing cancers, for asking him for help and healing over people that are going through situations and surgeries and, and all the dealings that they have going on. We believe that God hears us, amen? God does hear us. He knows who you are. He hears your every thought. Sometimes that can be terrible, but he does. He hears everything. He sees everything. Remember when he was calling together his disciples and he talked to one of them and he said, he said, why do you believe me? He said, is it because I saw you under the tree? And Jesus wasn't there when he was sitting underneath that tree. Jesus sees and knows everything because he is God. He is 100% able to know and is in control of everything. So therefore, 
We should be ashamed of someone who has so much power, has so much faith, who has so much grace to offer. Instead, we should be, just like what this says, not ashamed. This, this word of God has the power that when we go out today, we can share this word of God and praise him. Somebody could be saved today. They could. They might take five years. It's okay. The word of God doesn't go out void, does it? It never returns void. It doesn't go out void, and it doesn't return void. You speak God's word, and there is 100%, 150% power in the word of God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Power in his name. We have to believe that. We have to believe that. That's on us. His power hasn't changed. Nothing about him has changed. He's the same today, yesterday. He'll always be the same going forward. Now, here's the kicker. In Romans chapter 10, verse 15, it says, How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Now, I'm not taking this out of context. I understand that this is specifically sort of talking to pastors. That, that the idea is that he's called people to go and to share good news specifically. But if you take and you couple this idea of what he's talking about, about how people have to go, and you couple that with Matthew 28 where he says, go, all of you, and make disciples of all the nations, you put those two things together and it's not just me that should be walking. It should be all of us doing it together. It should be me coming alongside you, you coming alongside me. It should be all of us pulling together as brothers and sisters in Christ. I am not special. Nothing about me is special. Like, the, you know, some of you may say, well, you're special to me, but, and I appreciate that. The truth is, I'm not special. I have no special powers. I have no connection to God that you don't have. I am not your, your intercessor. I don't pray to Jesus for you so that you don't have to. I grew up that way. I don't need anybody to do that for me, to be an intercessor for me. You know why? Because I have Jesus, and I can talk to him myself. I don't need anybody to tell me, don't read the book. Don't need anybody to tell me you're not smart enough or wise enough to understand it. God tells me to read his word. God tells me you should be in my word. God tells me that when the preacher's up here preaching, you should be flipping to where he's going so that you can make sure he's not leading you astray. You know why? Because I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect. I am a man. No one should be following me. No one should be holding me to any sort of a higher standard. I may be standing here on a platform higher than you today, but it's only so you can see me better. The truth is, is, I should be probably preaching here because I'm no different than you. We are the same. God has just given me a particular task to bring to you. It is up to all of us to go out and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Each of us. That's why he said, go, therefore, make disciples. It's, it's one of those things. Do you all get uncomfortable the further out I walk? You know, you people sit in the back, 
You all sit in the back for a reason, don't you? <laughs> Listen, he said, he said you're Baptist. Yeah, well, Baptists like to sit in the back. <laughs> Technically, the back is the front. In case you all didn't know that joke, technically the back is the front. Listen. <clears throat> Listen. For some people, that makes them nervous. The pastor's getting close. The pastor's getting close. Why is he getting close? Is he looking at me? Is he talking to me? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Listen, here's the thing. It's not me. If you feel some sort of conviction, that's not me. I'm not beating anybody over the head. I'm just sharing with you what the book says. I'm just telling you what these verses say. I'm bringing to you a message that the Lord, I feel like, has brought to me. So, in John chapter 20, here's what he says. Jesus speaks these words. He says to them again, it says, in, in, in uh, John 20, verse 21, if you want to flip there, you can. He says, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. It's a great salutation. Peace be with you. He's coming together he's connecting with the people around him and then he says as the father sent me even so i am sending you so if it makes you uncomfortable that i walked maybe a little bit close to you how uncomfortable does it make you to know that jesus christ said god the father sent me i'm sending you you have a job we all have a job you may not like the job you may not want the job but you got hired anyway. And, and here's the thing. It, 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 and I was sharing this. I'm not going to say anything. I was sharing with somebody earlier. Sometimes going just simply means being there. You don't necessarily have to be the person that knocks on the door. You don't have to be the person who stands there and has the conversation. You can be in support of your fellow man or woman. You can be together in this group. And what that does is that helps to build up us as disciples, doesn't it? It helps us to sharpen one another so that, so that maybe the next time we go, you say, you know what, maybe I can be this. Maybe I can do that. I wasn't, I wasn't strong enough to do it before, but you know what, that doesn't look so hard now that I've done it. We're to build one another up. And if it means that the next ten times we go out, you are the person standing in the back of the pack, that's okay because you are there supporting your fellow brothers and sisters and you are joining in prayer for the people who are being talked to. Every single job that we do is not everybody is called to preach. Not everybody called, is called to teach. Not everybody is called to come up here and sing or play an instrument. Some people are called to clean some people are called to cook. Some people are going to be called to go out and grab pizza for us before we head out of here like Carol left to do. If you wonder where she went, that's where she went. Some people are called for other things. Not everybody has to knock on the door. But we shouldn't be ashamed and we shouldn't be nervous. We should have faith over fear. I heard that a lot. And you back me up, Chelsea. We heard that a lot when we were at Winter Jam. Faith over fear. This country is, churches in this country are in a decline. We are. It's a huge decline. 
religion, faith especially in Jesus Christ, it's on a decline. You know what's on the rise? Muslims. The Muslim faith is one of the fastest growing faiths that are out there. You know what's not right? The Muslim faith. I'll tell you that 100%. You know why? Because they deny Jesus Christ. If it gets me in trouble later on down the road, so be it. It is what it is. I can't help but tell you what the truth of the gospel, the truth is, is that Jesus said, I'm the only way. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. So if you're believing in, in Allah or Muhammad or whoever, and you're leaving Jesus out of it, you are wrong. Period. I can't help you if that's what you're going to do. But what I can do is I can share the good news of Jesus Christ with you in hopes that that seed gets planted. In hopes that Jesus and and His Holy Spirit is going to cultivate that. That He is going to grow that seed and then He's going to push out Satan and all of His other works because that's who's behind all of it. If you don't believe that the enemy is real and alive and working today, watch the news. He's alive and he is kicking in. I'm telling you right now, he is loving today's world. Loving it. And the enemy is out to do what? Kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he does. That's what he's good at. He's doing a fantastic job right now. And you know what? We as Christians, we're letting him. We're being defeated as humans. But you know who's not defeated? Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, the one who's already had victory over death, when he died on that cross, was buried in a grave, and was raised three days later, he looked Satan in the face and said, Ha! You lose! We've already got victory. We have victory. We've had victory. Since before this thing ever started, Jesus Christ gave his life, and he gave it so that we could be saved, so that we don't have to suffer anymore in this world. Instead, we will have eternal life with Him in heaven. All we have to do is believe. And if we allow ourselves to have faith over the fear of this world, and there's a lot of fear that's out there. I'm not just talking about fear over the last two years. I'm talking about things that are ongoing today, two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, all the way up to the point where this train wreck happened when Adam ate an apple or fruit. That's when it began, wasn't it? We can blame the last two years for the church's decline, but the truth is, Adam screwed it up for everybody. It's just what it is. And since then, this world has been groaning, crying out because of the sin that has entered into it. But again, John chapter 20, 21, remember, Jesus says, peace be with you. Notice how he greets everyone around him. Peace be with you. You know why? Because when you have Jesus in your heart, you should have peace. It means that whatever I face, whatever I come in contact with, whatever situation is happening in my life with Jesus Christ, I can have peace, knowing that he is there with me. Think about the toughest things that you have ever felt, and when you cried out to Jesus Christ to to help get you through that situation, did you feel peace in your heart? Did you feel comfort in that time of need and and in that moment? Has Jesus Christ showed up for you to the point where you said, thank you, Jesus? Because he does that for us every day. Sometimes we just don't pay attention. He's never left us. He doesn't leave us, doesn't forsake us. We've heard that. That's a good, great, churchy 
answer, but it's truth. It is hardcore truth. And because of that, we have stuff like Psalm 96, uh, Psalm, uh, get it out in a second, Psalms chapter 96, verse 3. It says, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. If we believe what Jesus Christ has done for us and it has affected our lives in a way that we say we now have salvation in him, then we should be proclaiming that and telling other people about the marvelous works that he has done in our lives, shouldn't we? Why keep that to yourself? Why sit there and and just hold all of that in? Jesus has given you a story because he has saved your life. We talked about that last week, about how you have a story. It is special, it is amazing, and it is unique. You may not think that it is, but it may just be what somebody else needed to hear in a particular moment of their life. We've seen it happen where we go and we talk to people and we share with them. We've seen where we go and we, we're eating at a restaurant and we just simply ask the waiter or waitress, hey, can we pray for you? And they come back crying because they haven't had anybody ask them that before. Is that not sad? That no one has ever asked a person, can I pray for you? Think about that. What if nobody has ever come up to you and said, can I pray for you? How lost and alone do you think you would feel? As many times as as we have all probably at some point or another asked for prayer over situations in our lives, we we just spit it out like it's nothing. We throw it out there on Facebook. We call up somebody saying, hey, will you be in prayer for this or that or the other? We throw it around sort of flagrantly, and then there's people that we run and and come in contact with, and then they say, no one has ever asked me if they could pray for me before. Do you know the hurt that is in that person's heart? When they say that, when they express that verbally, how many people aren't expressing it verbally? How many people are just holding that in and saying, I thought those people were good Christians, but nobody's ever asked me. We have a chance. We have an opportunity today. You don't know who we're going to come in contact with. Philippians 2, verses 10 and 11. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, get this, and under the earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you hear the message that's, in, that's, that's given here? At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. It doesn't say just the Christians, does it? The name of Jesus, every knee. It doesn't, doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what color you are. doesn't matter your history. doesn't matter how much sinful you are or how righteous you are. doesn't matter any of those things. It says every knee should bow. And it says on, in heaven and on earth. And then guess what? It says even under the earth. That's that idea of hell. Because even those people the ones who denied Christ, the ones who refused to accept salvation that can only be found in Jesus, even those knees will bow. Even Satan himself answers when God calls him. He's under God's control. He can't do anything honestly on his own. That whole situation of Job, if you've ever read the book of Job, you would know that. God called together a meeting. It says Satan came. 
God said, hey, Satan, where have you been? He said, oh, I've been going to and fro on the earth, doing my thing, wreaking havoc, lying, stealing, killing, destroying. He's been doing all of those things. And when he and God had that conversation, he thought he'd pull a fast one. He said, you know what? I'll leave Job alone. Let me deal with him. He'll turn on you. Job never gave up, did he? Job stayed strong in his faith. He faced fear in place of faith and faith won. He lost everything, lost his children, lost all of his possessions, lost everything. And, and he, he looked and said, praise be to God when it happened. When all these servants came to him and said, your houses have been taken, all of your livestock have been taken, your children, all of them, just now died, he fell on his face and he said, praise be to God. Does that sound like a reaction you would have? It's the reaction of a faithful person, though. He was faithful in the midst of everything going on around him because he knew Every knee is going to bow at some point, someday. Every knee will bow. He knows that every tongue is going to confess. He's like, and I'm going to get in front of that. And I'm going to confess now. And granted, Jesus wasn't mentioned there, but Jesus is all in that book. When we come together and we do things together as a church, as a church family. We believe by faith that what we do matters because God has ordained it. I believe that what we're going to go to today after church, I believe that God has ordained that. I believe that God is already setting the way. I believe that God is already preparing the hearts. I believe it. I believe it. I've believed it for a long time now. There's things that have been in the works. There are things that have been happening. There is, there is visions. There is guidance. There is, there is things that I believe that God has pointed me to that has brought us to where we are today. I believe that wholeheartedly. And as long as I stand here before you, I will preach that truth. The promise I make. And I will lead us the way that I think that God is pushing for us to go. And I will push. Some of you may not like it, but I will encourage strongly all of you to join us because it's what we're supposed to do. So I'm going to revisit Matthew 28 again one more time. I think I had stuff on the screen, didn't I, Timmy? Don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> I do that to y'all every week. I have stuff up there for you guys, but oh, there you go. Yeah, just do the last one. Just put them all up. <laughs> that way if you all want to write any of that down you can but this is the reasons that we should go this is how we should go we should go unashamed believing that Jesus is sending you why because his word said so we read it didn't we Jesus is sending you so we need to go and we need to declare the glory of Jesus Christ so that what every knee has that opportunity to bow and it will whether they want to or not. Everyone will do it. But hopefully they will do it because they have declared the glory of Jesus Christ. So, 
Again, Matthew 28, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. It's a command. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So church, will you go? I'm asking. God's commanding. I'm not sure how much more we could say pleading with you to help us grow this church, not so that we have numbers, so that we have believers. I'm more interested in believers than I am numbers, and that won't ever change. I will preach to three people, and they will get a full-on sermon. I will not shorten it. If that's all I have in this place, I would rather have believers i would rather go out and speak to unbelievers to help them become believers because that's what i'm supposed to do it's the task that's been given not just to me but to all of us who proclaim jesus christ as lord and savior i understand some of you may not be able to go out today and that's okay i'm not i'm not trying to beat people up i'm just trying to give a strong encouragement don't allow yourself to be talked out of going join us if you can I understand there's things that play. I understand there's work that has to be done in and, and, and different situations. I, I get it. But if you're able, I pray that you'll consider going, joining us. Just hang out. I'm not going to force anybody to speak or do anything they don't want to do. But I want you to be encouraged. And I want to do this with you. With you is the key. Because I can't do it on my own. None of us can do it on our own called to do this walk together and that's what i want us to do as a church go out reach share the gospel go therefore and make disciples that's what we're called to do if you would bow your heads and pray with me father we lord i just surrender to you lord i i believe that we can do so much in your name. That all things are possible. Lord, I believe it. Lord, I pray that that same belief is given to every individual here that is in this room. Lord, I pray that anybody who watches this later online, God, that they would receive that same message that you are true, that you are faithful, that you are our everything. And that it is in your name that we are called to go. It is in your name that we are commanded to make disciples of all nations. And by faith, I pray that you would instill that into our hearts. Helping us to believe and trust that you are equipping us for this work. Father, we praise you for where you have brought us. Lord, I praise you for bringing us here to this day. And I ask for prayer and blessing not just upon those of us who are going to be going out, upon each of us, God, that you would grow us, that you would help us to break out of our comfort zones, and that we would surrender to you and your way and your calling over our lives, whatever that may be, whether it's to preach, whether it's to teach, whether it's to cook or clean or whatever the situation is. Help us to realize Help us to realize that there's no task too small. Help us to join together as brothers and sisters, sharpening one another, 
so that you may receive the glory, so that we can do the work that you've called and set out for us to do, and that we can do it well with you at the forefront. We thank you today, Lord. We thank you. Equip us, encourage us, and send us. Help us to go. Pray this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.